Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Overboard Podcast. My name is Matthew Duke here in studio with Jay Ashdown and Vinny Cristiano. Today we're going to discuss the Mike Babcock firing, what that has in store for the Leafs and Mike Babcock himself. We're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild uh, and some other things that have happened around the league. So for today's episode of the Over the Boards podcast, let's go. What's up, fellas? Hello. Welcome back. What's up? How's it going? It's going good. Um, you know, it's shaking and baking. <laughs> shake and bake. Shake and bake. <sighs> Fan first or last. It's true. He gets it. I do get it. That's true. You don't get it. I do get it. What movie? Talladega Nights. Yeah, it is. Who says it? Yeah, that's right. It, that's, well, I mean, it, it was supposed to be his dad, but his dad said that when he was high. He said, geez, son. You could be first. You could be second. You could even be third. No, it's you could be second. It's you can be first, second, third. You could be fourth. Hell, you can even be fifth. Is is the line, or at least closer to the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think we need to like go quoting the entire movie. I think we do. I think most people. Well, they, here's the deal. I'm the best there this. is. Plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Welcome. And to- no one can hang with my stuff. I'm just a just a big hairy American winner machine. If you ain't first, <laughs> you're last. That phrase is trademarked Ricky Bobby Incorporated, not to be used without the express permission of Ricky Bobby Inc. Welcome to the Ballad of Ricky Bobby podcast. <laughs> the Borb the Borb podcast, as it were. I was really afraid I was going to screw that up, and I'm so proud of myself that I got through I'm it. I'm really proud of you, dude. That was really, really good. So, Duke. Yeah. Montreal, go. Oh, we're jumping right into it. So, um, obviously, I'm going to get the goalie, Gary Price. Um, P.K. Subban. He's n- he hasn't been there in no a idea. while. <laughs> <laughs> Come, on. Come on, buddy. He's on Come the on. Devils. I saw him, in, <laughs> yeah. saw, saw him in a red jersey, and I got all confused. I got all excited. <laughs> he hasn't well, been here like you, four years. Is Wait, it bad I if I want to give him, like, not credit, but at least give him, like, say, like, well, at least, you know, he knows the jersey color of a team that he's on? <laughs> That's so sad. Um, all right, so no. we got one. Keep going. See, now I want to say a name. At this point, just, you got to just say it. Right. You just said P.K. Subban. I'm going to no, yeah. say the name that got traded for P.K. Subban yep. and Shea Weber. Go for it. Do your thing. Yep. yep. Um, Shea okay. Weber's there. So we have two. Uh, Max Domi. Yes. Yep. Yes. Huge. There's three. Um, better than Minnesota already. <laughs> um, uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. You might be able to get the other goalie. I don't know. Yeah. That I think is he knows tough. who it is. I don't think he knows that he went there. That's that's a good point. Yeah, don't don't stress about it. Just keep just name whoever you want to name. Okay. Oh I can see at least one other person that you probably should get. I'm thinking about it. Like I know like all the Montreal players. Like there's not that a, not a ton that I think no. you would get because they're like. I would probably get two more if it was me. Yeah. And then I would. Montreal. Um. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't get any of their defensemen. Who the heck are those guys? Yeah, I was trying I to think. I couldn't think of any other defenseman. I ref- I recognized one name, but never would have guessed it. So yeah, Duke, I wouldn't get him. if you can if you can get two more people, I will be impressed. Yeah, we will be really impressed. There are two forwards I that are a really tough one today. Name brand guys that I would I would probably. I want to see how many I can get after this. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Name brand guys from Montreal. There's there is definitely one. Should I give him just a little hint? 
No. No? I don't think he's going to get him even no? a hint. All, All right, give fair. me a little hint then. <laughs> it ruins which one should I give the hint? Do you know which two I'm talking about, Jay? It ruins the defenseman right-hand yeah. shot? No. Oh. I'm talking about two forwards. Two forwards. One of them is an assistant captain. He's been there for a good couple of years. Oh, oh he used oh. to play for the Red Wings. Well, uh, what's his name? Um... I could be wrong. I thought you were talking about another guy. No, I'm not talking. Wait, the guy that you're talking about, I I didn't really expect him to get. Yeah. Who's the well, guy who's kind of really Who's the guy who's kind of like? he's kind of like scummy and dirty. He's almost yeah. like a Tom Wilson kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, I don't. I would just call him more of a Marshawn, just not as talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew is coming to my mind. No. He's at no. Chicago. He is. Andrew Shaw went to. Yeah, that's Florida. what I was thinking of. Shaw, yeah, Shaw is a very is a Tom Wilson kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's been he's Tom Wilson without the skill. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. That was pretty good. God, Here, I don't think th- this is a guy you know. Okay. Okay. He was on the Red Wings at one point. Okay. He was involved in the um, oh. Max Pacioretty trade. Oh no, I don't know if I would know that then. Um. He was on the Red Wings. Yeah. He's involved in that. Left-hand shot, very skilled forward. I'm not getting the name. I give up. So Okay, so Tomas Tatar was who I was thinking of. Okay. I was thinking of Brendan Gallagher and Jonathan Druin. Yeah. Those are two of the other guys. If you were going to get a defenseman besides... awesome. Yeah. I love that guy. That's what I was trying to get you with is Gallagher. Gallagher. He's kind of like Marshawn without the... uh, the skill, yeah, or the the. Well, I mean, he's got a lot of skill. Though. He does, but Marshawn's Marshawn's kind of better. Um, if you were gonna get another defenseman, it would have been Jeff Petrie. Yes, but yeah. Jeff Petrie. Did. I mean, they got Ben I, Chirot, Carl Alsner, Brett Kulak. Carl, uh, Carl Keith, Keith Kincaid is their backup. Yeah, oh, I, I know he, he, yeah. You know who that is, but yeah. I don't think you knew that he. Went I didn't to know he went to Montreal. So I knew he left. You wouldn't have guessed that. Yet. I knew he left New Jersey, but I didn't know he. So what, we had three. He left New Jersey a while ago, didn't he? Well, he got traded to the so, Blue Jackets to be a locker room guy. See, I knew that. Yeah, I did know that. I was going to say. Okay, so he. I was going to say the Rangers because once again I mixed up yeah. the colors of the jerseys, but I knew he got traded at the end of last year. So Keith Kincaid didn't start a game for the Blue Jackets. He was literally brought in just to be like an emergency guy and and a locker room guy. They made a tribute video for him. The other night when Montreal came to Columbus, hey. and it was the funniest thing ever. Hey, he's the glue that keeps the rubber together. Yes. Well, good for Keith. Yeah. Keith Kincaid. He's a pretty fine guy. All That's right, a great so name. We're locking in Montreal at three then. Oh, their coach. Yeah. Do you know their coaches? Probably not. Rob Brindamore. I'm just kidding. No. I know. He's <laughs> Old Bruins coach. I have no idea. Claude Julien. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. That's why I kind of was like, oh, you know, maybe he'll. I do know that name. I do know that yeah. name. Yeah. All right. I'm so st- I'm gonna start studying rosters. <laughs> not a bad idea. I just like look at your, just look at like Here's the, the fantasy hockey league thing. You have to like study one random team per week. No, just one random team. Eventually, oh, yeah. we're gonna oh, ask that team, yep. and you're just gonna get like 19 players. And we're yeah. Like what happened? Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Last night I was thinking of teams that uh, you could possibly ask me. And uh, I thought of one. I'm not going to say which one because I'm not going to let you know. I'm not going to let you know my thoughts. We're not going to ask you Buffalo or Columbus. It wasn't either of those guys. Um, I would have th- I would have thought to ask him. I kind of would like to see how many guys he can name. Well, on Buffalo, he's going to get everyone else, everybody. But on Columbus, I would kind of like to see that. Yeah, I'm not good with Columbus. <laughs> um, but so I looked it up because I wasn't – I was – there's one guy I named, and I wasn't sure if he was still on the team. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, there was two guys I could name, and then I went and I realized I knew a lot more players on their team. I just didn't know them like right off the top of my head. So I will continue to study that team, and I will dominate. I had in mind for next podcast that I think will be a little bit easier for so, you. So we were, we're not going to record for two weeks now. Yeah. Because of Thanksgiving. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Next week's Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Gobble, gobble. Yes, indeed. Watch the Bills. And then, okay, so here's so we record two weeks from today, and then it's exam week. Mm-hmm. So we don't record during exam week, or, should, or are we going to? We could if you guys want to. I think we should. I mean, I don't care. I'll do it. I mean, why yeah. not, right? I mean, I'll be... I have like one test to study for. Yeah, I think most. I'm hoping all my. Ex- I haven't looked at the schedule yet. I'm just kind of. I've got almost a couple. All my exams are papers. I've got a couple. Um, I have. I have two out of out of exam week exams. See, a lot of my classes have papers and finals. That is oh, unfortunate. That 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 makes me sad. Like, I'd rather do a paper, but yeah. like to have to do a paper and a test. That's so stupid. Yes, I agree. Tell my professors that. <laughs> All right. Well, real quick before we get be into a paper the, and a quiz, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, real quick before you get into the uh, important news, his fantasy hockey update: Jay Ashdown still continues to dominate the league, not by as much as last time though. He's I we were really close the gap on him a little bit. But Vinny is pulling away from me, I think. Um, no, not really. No. Um, I'm only 50 points ahead of you. Yeah. And nope. Jay is 70 points away from me. I say you're pulling away from me because I think at one point I got as like 13 points between us. You did then, get close at one point, and then I kind of stretched it back away, out a little yeah. bit. But Jay, I just we reeled him in. He was like over 100 points away, away from um, from me the other day, and now I've kind of I've pulled that back in a little bit. Thanks largely to a four point night from Jack Eichel. Um, Jekyll, as it were. So that uh, it's okay. But Connor McDavid and Leandro, I said. Will continue to yeah, carry. That's so aggravating, man. But um, almost every hockey team plays tonight. There's a ton of games on the on the docket for today. To docket. Um, what a great word. Uh, hey, today's NHL schedule is nothing to shake a stick at, man. <laughs> Shut up, Finny. <laughs> um. So. Okay. Speaking of Jack Real- Eichel. Be, um, I'm just going to say this quick, and then we're going to move on to the important thing. Because I well, know that I, we're going to spend a lot of time we actually get some of the smaller things out of the way okay. before we get to the bigger things. So we're going to – I'm going to – Jack Eichel got in a fight, but didn't get really get in a fight. Okay, next. Uh, Garnet Hathaway spit on a guy. That was disgusting. It was pretty funny. Funny things can still be disgusting, and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's ever true. Seen Have you ever America's watched Tosh.0? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally any show where people submit their own videos. Yeah. Yes. I absolutely agree that it was – when you're watching it, you're like, huh, that was funny. And then now you're, I'm also like, if I was there, I would have been not happy. I right? probably would have gone into a rage. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would have been livid. I would have been out of control. I would have – yeah, I don't. I, See, at least for America's yeah. Home Videos, you could win a million dollars if you have the funniest video. I would love a million dollars. Do you have you ever seen the Tosh thing where like the guy butters up his floor, grabs like a bunch of presents, this ought to be good. drinks like a smoothie like really quick so he gives himself brain freeze, and he has to like run across the buttered floor as fast as he can what? and see what, what? His fastest time is. That's and hilarious. He slipped and his toe just went. <laughs> Oh. And his bone was sticking mm. out because he hit it against the fridge. 
Oh, mm. it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's That's so a gross, great it's idea. Hysterical. That is a fantastic. Wow. <laughs> it sounds awesome, but just it was thinking so about it. So Jay, we're doing this right. Well, re- my parents listen to this, so no, I'm I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'll record. I'll re- I'll be the camera guy. My parents listen to this too, but you know what? They're not here. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, mom, I'm still yeah, continuing to make awful decisions. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's um, I'm. That sounds it sounds like a great time. It but sounds I, like such I, a good I time. I do not want to break my toe. That does sound really, yeah, really fun. Yeah, we'll just make sure there's if no I was fridges. That guy, you know what's funny? I would simply not break my toe. My least yeah, we'll favorite. We'll just make sure the fridge. There's no fridges. Uh, my in least favorite part of that whole immediate. situation is the brain freeze part. Yeah, that's <laughs> the worst part about it. I don't get brain freeze. Oh, you're gonna be invincible then. How does the how does the brain freeze like like adversely affect your scenario? Like so, like it's just like your coordination. Like you you do it immediately because it goes away after a couple seconds. But yeah, but like you're supposed to be thinking about balancing on butter, know, and your brain and now is you're like oh, my I'm in pain, so right. that's where your brain okay. goes. Well, then you're in pain more because you broke your toe on yeah. the fridge. Here's the thing that was funny: like he barely reacted to it. It's because he had he was a brain just, freeze. He literally yeah, just he turned a... his camera around. He's like, oh, I think I got out of the hospital. Like, this dude <laughs> sound like he was in pain, and you just look at your toe, and you're like, yeah, dude, go to the hospital. What That's the hell? awful. <laughs> it's incredible. That but, is terrible. Yeah, I just think it was because I consumed, like, cold things a lot when I was little. Like, I can, like, chug Slurpees and smoothies and have no problem. Wow. Speaking of going to the hospital, really fast. last night on Chicago Fire, um, <laughs> it was, there was a car accident. Obviously, it's on TV. But the, this girl in the back of the car got a pencil through her eye, and it was disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I hate eye stuff. Oh, my God. There was this Let movie. Let alone a pencil through an eye? <laughs> there was oh, this, I think I would just. There was this movie I watched called Would You Rather, where it's, like, super screwed up, and it's, like, supposed to, like, screw with your mind. Mm. Yeah. And so there was two people left, and this guy's challenge was to cut his eye with, like, a razor. What? And, like. Nope. No way. Like, it was either that or he died. Oh, okay. Well. I mean, I, I guess in that case. Or, like, it was either that or he had to hold his breath underwater for, like, four minutes or something like that. Or something. It was, like, some weird thing. Tom Cruise could do that. Yeah, so can uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. She can do it for five minutes, actually. Wow, that's actually... It's, it's really impressive. That's yeah. pretty sick. How they do she, that. she trained herself to do it for uh, Harley Quinn. Wow. Tom Jeez. Cruise... Uh, Mission Impossible. Impossible. For Mission Impossible. Yeah. Great movie series. Tom Cruise is, movie series. is... He's a great actor. Oh. Um... Contrary to Suicide Squad, it's a fantastic movie series. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is a great actor, though. Tom Cruise is. Tom Cruise. He, the only knock is that he is runs still weird. a hockey podcast. Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's true. This is still <laughs> the problem. Is still that he. I bet. I bet Tom Cruise at once in his life has watched a hockey game. Tom, so speak. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> Tom um, Cruise. My, <laughs> Tom Cruise, my second favorite movie of all time. Tom Cruise, the movie is your second favorite Which movie one? of all time. Good Men? Yes. Yes. That's I, an amazing movie. I love that, that is movie. an incredible movie. Um, I've seen that upwards of probably 150 times. <laughs> I'm not getting you. I've watched like I used to watch that movie you as, can't as I handle the truth. I can do that entire speech from memory. It's awesome. It's an incredible speech. Yeah. That one, the miracle speech. Um, yeah. I like to recite those on the weekends. The miracle speech I used to be able to do in full, and I'd had the timing down, and yeah. now I I can't quite do it in full. Great moments. Are born. No, <laughs> this is a hockey podcast. It, well, that right? is hockey, so that I guess hockey. that makes sense. Have you ever seen any given Sunday speech? Yes, that is awesome. It is the funniest speech ever. 
just how it starts. Because I don't know how it starts. Well, he, like, he just talks about how screwed up his life is. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm not gonna say it, but I blew through all my money. Yeah. It's like. I've irritated anybody who's ever lumpy. I just wish that that speech would continue for another minute, just talking about how sad his life is. I owe five hundred thousand dollars to the IRS. <laughs> I dropped out of college. You know what speech is fantastic? I cracked my head open last week. And he gave He just keeps going on. It's just like. Do you know they shut my fan? water off last night. <laughs> they shut my electric off last night. Yeah. I've been had a hot shower in thirty years. <laughs> That's why I look so disgusting. They repoed my car. I took the subway here. I went out to my car this morning. It had a boot on it. Awesome. I got here like Marty McFly by going on a skateboard and grabbing onto cars that drove me here. <laughs> I can only afford to buy flip-flops for shoes. <laughs> like, just keeps going for two minutes, and then he's like, "My my weekly, yeah, football. <laughs> my weekly income is getting the cans and bottles out of the Wegmans parking lot. <laughs> Garbage picking bottles and cans out of recycling bins. But you know what speech is actually fantastic? The speech we're about to give on the Over the Boards Hockey Podcast, where we go back to talking about hockey. Remember the Titans. That is a great speech. speech. The half, are you talking about which... The one at the the battlefield or the one yeah, at, the one at the battlefield. Yeah, the my one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they're at halftime of the championship game. Yeah, and they're losing because the terrible referees, and the um the running back or no the linebacker, I think they they play offensive defense on that team, but I, I don't think they do. The like second main no, no, They'd just one right. of the guys. Um, Wait, which which kid was it? Um, the guys. So you got like Gary, the yeah. main character who gets who's in the Paralympics. Yeah. Um, his like best friend, Julian. Julius. Yeah, Julius, not Julius. Julian. I'm sorry. Yeah, Julius at halftime was like, and the coach was like, you know, just gonna go out there and try your best. And, and he's and Julius was like, Coach, with all due respect, you know, you asked for us to be, per- you wanted us, you've demanded perfection all year, and this team is perfect, and we'd like to keep it that way. I was just like, yeah, dude, it's pretty sick. Very good. Um, all right, so we have two other small things before our big thing that we're going to spend the rest yep. of our podcast talking about, which is fine. So Matt Calvert. That was terrible. That was yeah, just awful. I underst- that gave me so many bad flashbacks of the Pittsburgh series against Columbus. I hated it so much. Yeah. Just blow the whistle when a guy is literally like face down and he's not getting up. I don't know what's so hard about that. So it's against the rules. All right. I am change the rule. So here's here's the thing. But the refs can't change the rule in the middle of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but they here's- they do it all the time though. So here's the here I want to just tell you guys what the so the the GMs met in Buffalo, uh, and the the representative from the officials um, was there. Mm-hmm. So they asked him about it, and he said, "This is what we're 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 looking at, right?" So he so he said, "We're we're playing in this." in this game, right, you know, and the referees are around and they're watching the play because it's it's the late in the game, and so Pedersen takes a shot, and it goes off and Calvert blocks it. So what the referees do is they automatically look towards the net to see what happens in front of the net. They're looking for goal interference. They're looking for other stuff like that. Then they look back. If you watch the vil- video, Calvert tries to get, like, he kind of tries to get up. He gets up on all fours, mm-hmm. and then the puck moves away from him again. So the referees, they, this is what the, the head ref said at representationally at the GM meeting. 
that they saw him make an attempt to get back up. The puck moved away. They assumed he was going to get up and move to the bench, and that he wasn't that hurt because they couldn't see him bleeding. And they seemed like he was, mo- you know, he obviously was moving. So they followed the puck. Vancouver ends up scoring, so they are watching the scoring play, and then they realize. So they got bleeding. four officials on the ice, and not a single one of them saw him bleeding and struggling to get up from that moment. I, I I'm He's just on the ice for about like a 10, 15 second passing on the message. I just don't. The whole point of the role, too, though, like aside from the bleeding, um, like he could just act like that and try and stop the play. Like you know what I mean? That's the whole point of the rule. Yeah, but. Here's the thing. You can't just assume that when that's happening. But then, like, okay, if, but, you, if but you then guys like start so, to take If you dives. call play and then feel like somebody's doing that, I'm pretty sure that the rule should just be you should review it and maybe call embellishment. But you can't err on the side of, ah, he's faking it when he's bleeding on the ice. Yeah, I think that point you're probably going to. I mean, it, it doesn't. Well, like, how often does it really happen, you know? It doesn't happen a ton. Yeah, so, just so blow the whistle. All right, now here's so I, I this is so time frame on this. So in this video, Calvert blocks the shot right before the three minute mark, and the puck immediately goes to the right side as they're running like the um, the power play for, for Vancouver. What and was the official time that was left on the clock when he blocked the shot? Two forties. Well, it's it's like right at the end of two forty seven, like two forty eight. Well, no, two forty seven. 247. When does the puck go in the net? So, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. So, he he blocks a shot. Shot. No. I'm, I, I, time works the wrong way. I'm sorry. He blocks a shot at 251 because mm-hmm. time counts down in, in hockey because that's how clocks work. Good job, buddy. So, 251, he blocks it. Pedersen, like, puts his hands up like, yo, are you all right? The puck goes back to the defenseman at 245. Six seconds have passed, and he's down holding his hands. At 244, he moves up into all fours. 242, the puck is back to the point, and he's now on all fours looking like he's going to get up. He has at 241 leg on the, like, standing. He's, he's got one knee down, one leg up, and it looks like he's going to get up. This is at 240. Shot for the Canucks goes off the, is the, now this is the pass across ice and the backdoor tap in for the easy goal, and Calvert is just back down on all fours now. So that's so the time frame. The goal, go in? the goal goes in at 239. So he was on the ice for. So that's about 13 12 seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah. 237 is when the goal goes okay. in. So 15. 14 seconds. 14 seconds. 14 seconds. He's on the ice. Four officials didn't see it. Now, to be fair, there is not really any blood on the ice when he gets up. But you see a guy block a shot with his face, and he's now down. Well, that's. I, I understand that, and I agree. But I'm just passing on. I'm playing devil's advocate, advocate, and I'm passing on the message for what the referees said was the yeah. deal. Because players block shots and they go down all the time because that's part of the hockey game. So they assumed that, oh, maybe he took it off the arm or the shoulder because he went down. He spun around awkwardly, like, into it. So there wasn't, like, like he didn't, like, it hit him kind of in the, like, he turned his head away, which was good because it would have drilled him right in the face. But when that happened, he turned his head back and it kind of hit him like from from behind his head to the right and mm. up into his cheek. Yeah. So at that point, you don't have the reaction of when the puck hits you in the face, you do the thing where your head your head snaps back. Well, he didn't have that because it hit him from the yeah. back. 
So they just kind of assumed maybe it hit him in the, you know, in the shoulders. I mean, you know, again, just playing devil's advocate for what the referees said their reasoning was for not calling it dead when he was laying on the ice very injured. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I still stand by what I said. What did you say? Why the rules in place. So people can't take dives and ruin the rush. You don't have a massive diving problem in hockey, do you? That's because there's that rule. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how that... I don't think that's just because of the rule. That's why the rule is implemented. That's the nature of hockey. That's why the rule is implemented. Well, yeah, of course it's why the rule is implemented, but I really don't feel like if you got rid of that rule that the adverse effect is you're going to have players diving all the time. It would happen more than it happens now. Yeah, it would happen a little bit more. That's an obvious thing. But I'm okay with it so we don't have guys that are lying down on the ice just because they took a puck to the face. Well, another yeah, guy's tapping the yeah, puck into the, the net. The risk-reward on that is morally is tough because it's you, you want to maintain the integrity of the game, if you will, you but also the quality the of life of and, and health of, of the players. Exactly. You want to keep the integrity of the game, but you can't actually preach the safety of the players and then have that happen. Well, coming from a league that also doesn't recognize CTE as a real thing, do they really have the safety of the players in mind? No. And that's why I'm bothered by this. Right. And on news. Yep. Corey Conacher got a documentary release about him. That was really yeah, that cool. Was cool. Um, he is a legend. former Kanisha College hockey player. Uh, he is a legend. Um, so he has had some health issues in his life. Uh, he was born with, um, I forget what it's called, oh, bladder extrophy. And he also has type 1 diabetes. So um, they made a documentary about him. Um, it's called Miracle Baby. It's kind of like a play on words because... I don't know. I think Miracle like hockey and then yeah. Miracle Baby. So, um, yeah, it is on YouTube and also super content, super spelled the Canadian way. Um, I actually don't know if that's how they spell super in Canada. That's not how they spell super It's in just Canada. super, S-U-P-R-E. So I was just joking. Um, I mean, like, that's how you spell center in Canada. Oh, center, center, yeah, S-C-E-N-T-R-E. Yeah, so I was... So super. And then they say Zed. This gets canceled. But so I highly recommend it. I watched it last night. It's very good. Um, it's about a half hour. So, yeah. Like, does it dive into like any of his time at Canisius at all? Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the main people who speaks about Corey and everything like that is a uh, former Griffiths hockey coach. Is it Dave Smith? Dave Smith. I was gonna say Mike Smith, but I knew that was wrong. So yeah, yeah Dave okay. Smith. Yeah. Well, Dave Smith's coming back this weekend. Yeah. So they He's that coach of RPI. So. So, oh, that's cool. So he, uh, yeah, he spoke for the uh, majority of it, actually, I think. I that's think cool. he might, other than Corey Conacher himself and maybe his wife, I think Dave Smith <coughs> spoke the most. Probably talks about his time in Tampa and yeah. Ottawa. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, at least at the beginning, Speaking he speaks the most. Conacher's, his brother time. Shane just retired. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think he's a Kanish grad too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So go Griffs. Yep. Yeah, go Griffs. Um, so we got somewhat big news. Yeah. Oh, so Ben some, Simmons some, made a three-pointer. Yeah, That's our ben, big news. Ben Simmons made a three-pointer. Did he actually? Yeah. I did not see that. He's Do now you follow all, all sports news on Instagram. I don't have Instagram. Oof. 
Why did I feel like you did? I used to. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, I feel like I remember following you, but whatever. It's not important. Yeah, yeah there was. A, I saw that the other two, and I was like, not really sure what's going on. And then I saw the All Sports News post. They made a post about a guy hitting a three, like an All Star hitting a three point. Yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing. I've well, ever did you hear that? First career NBA. I'm hoping that everybody's taking this First as NBA satirical as it, it as it is. But I mean, like the ESPN like posted a video that was like history is made. And I was like, is it really? ESPN sucks. Yeah, I, but I, yeah. So, but Ben Simmons did make a three pointer, and uh, now the world is better because of it. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, his career three point percentage one for eighteen is five point six percent. Okay, so this is all right, right? So ESPN is definitely taking this as a joke. Their their recent post from an hour ago is captioned a few iconic shots from the NBA this decade. It's a picture of Ben Simmons shooting his one and only three-point shot in a regular season game last night, and then a picture of Kyrie hitting the shot over Curry in the finals. That and was a pretty important shot. And then Ray Allen hitting the shot over the Spurs for the Heat. Wow. So obviously yeah, that's a joke. Obviously that's a joke. Yeah. Um, well, but it's a joke because those two shots don't belong in the same list as Ben Simmons shot. Right, exactly. This isn't like a league of his own. (laughs) Of course. Shut up, Jay. (laughs) All right. So. Mike. So Mike Babcock. You got the stanky boot. (laughs) 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 What's wrong with you? I was only a half listening because I was trying to find like the social media post about it. About and I just stanky boot. So oh, um, oh my gosh. So so yeah, he did, in fact, get the stanky boot. Um, the Maple Leafs organization has kind of been grooming their AHL coach to take a spot. They have. Uh, he's true. very familiar with Kyle Dubas. Those yeah. two have a great relationship. Dubai. So. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so those two have a pretty good relationship. They, it kind of felt like this. That's kind of what they wanted to do all along. Yeah. But they signed Mike Babcock to that eight-year contract. He was just a quarter of the way through his fifth year of that contract. It's a lot of money to eat on a coach's contract. But yes, they, yeah, that's true. They, they should have traded him. <laughs> I'm going to get some elevator music to play in that Vinny, dead spot. Vinny. Why are you here? <laughs> Head coach has been traded before. Not in the middle of a season. So? <laughs> I'm so lost. Just trade him for like, I don't know, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Turn up the cap room for that. the worst. Oh, my gosh. So, Mike Babcock fired. He's out of Toronto. The team's record is 9-10-4. and four. They're below 500 since January, dating back to last season. It's been a major struggle for the Maple Leafs as of late. Uh, they've cited that Babcock, which has been kind of known about him, isn't always the best with dealing with personalities. Uh, he's obviously a very stubborn coach. Very successful, but very stubborn coach. Which makes sense. Yeah. If he's that good, then I mean, if he's that good, he can't it's be stubborn. You know, he's won a Stanley Cup. The he's won over 700 games. 
Got a couple of Olympic gold medals to his name. Like, like the guy can coach a little bit. 700 games. It's only like seven seasons. Like, what's up, bro? I can't win more than seven seasons. Statistically, that doesn't even make sense. Like, even if you won every game, it still doesn't make any sense. Even if they won the Stanley Cup every year, that's 96 total games. Yeah, he can't win more than that. <laughs> Preseason games. <laughs> okay. I didn't think about that. The only coaching trade to ever happen in the NHL was the Quebec Nordiques traded their head coach, Michael Bergeron, to the Rangers in the, but right before the 1987 draft. So They got $75,000 in a first-round pick for him. <laughs> That's awesome. $75,000. I hate that we never see head coaches get traded. I think it's, it's just stupid. so different. Because, like, well, because head coaches are like a such a different piece of the puzzle. I mean, yeah, that's why they should be trade traded. their coach. Do you know how like lucrative that could be? Hey, can you imagine like stupid. signing? If you sign a free agent coach just to trade him. That would be awesome. <laughs> can like, you imagine, could you imagine at the deadline if your team was like, "We're gonna make a playoff run, so we're gonna trade our coach for a better <laughs> coach." <so> stupid. <laughs> It's happened. It's happened quite a bit in the NFL. <clears throat> That's a little bit different of a league, though. Yeah, but still, I mean, trade your coach. <laughs> all right, I got the title for this episode oh. now. <laughs> Just all trade caps. your coach. Trade your coach. <laughs> so I'm so frustrated right now. The New you. York Jets allowed Herm, Amber, Herm Edwards out of his contract in 2006. We could sign with the Chiefs. The Chiefs gave him a fourth-round pick for it. The 2001 season, the Raiders allowed John Gruden to sign with the Buccaneers. Oakland got a first and second-round pick in the 20, 2002 draft, a first-round pick in the 2003 draft, and a second-round pick in the 2004 draft. And the Buccaneers also gave the Raiders cash. Yeah, well, the Buccaneers Cold, won Super Bowl. Cold, hard, kish. One after Bill Belichick. because the Buccaneers are good. Yeah, yeah, they are. And John Gruden's a good coach. Yeah. James Winston's a great quarterback. One day after Bill Belichick was hired the by Bucks the Jets as head coach in 2000, he quit his job. That was, that's just, just such an awesome. The funniest thing ever. Writing on a napkin, I resigned as HC of the NYJ. <laughs> <laughs> just leaving it on his desk. <laughs> it's joining a division rival. That's awesome. <laughs> Hate him if you want. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, so the Patriots gave the Jets a first round in 2000, a fourth round in 2001, and a seventh round in 2002 for them. Um, and, but they also received a fifth round selection in the 2001 draft and a seventh round selection in the 2002 draft from the Jets. So that was like a pretty legit trade. Can you imagine like seeing that now? Like New England Patriots receive head coach Bill Belichick, first round selection in 2000, fourth round selection in 2002. Um, and, or, sorry, yeah, first round 2000, fourth round 2001, and a seventh round 2002 in exchange for a fifth round selection in 2001 and a seventh round selection in 2002. And Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Um, Bill Parcells did the same thing with the Jets. Um, the Patriots and the Jets did that again. The uh, uh, they exchanged two thousand pick two first round picks in nineteen ninety seven. The commissioner rejected the deal, but a week later he did accept a deal that involved Parcells, three named head hmm. coach. Patriots got a third and a fourth round pick in nineteen ninety seven draft, second round in nineteen ninety eight, and a first round in nineteen ninety nine. 
The so Jets get, also donated $300,000 to a Patriots charity. They got uh, that first-round pick in 2000, and then wasn't it with the seventh-round pick of that year they took Tom Brady, or sixth-round pick of that year they took Tom Brady? No, they took Tom Brady, I believe, was in the seventh round in 1999. I think it was a six-rounder. Um, he was drafted in sixth round. That's right. I knew it was the 199th overall pick, but I just couldn't remember. That's right. So, yeah, so that was not the pick that they received from – that was not one of the picks they got in this trade, I don't believe. That would be something. Can you imagine that? The Patriots traded Bill Parcells for Tom Brady, and then they got Bill Belichick. That's such a great trade. All right. Let's continue to talk about Mike Babcock. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Jay got aggravated. Yes. Sorry. Because we shouldn't have been talking about (laughs) trading coaches in the first place because this idiot brought it up. (laughs) People should trade coaches. No, it's stupid. It's such a lucrative lucrative part of the game. If it's lucrative, why does nobody do it? Because they're stupid. I think you're (laughs) stupid. Really? Give me a GM spot right now. I'll trade my coach and win a cup. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. Do you need to save salary cap room if you play without a head coach? No. Player coach? No. Because coach payroll doesn't go as a part of the salary cap. Well, what if I have a player coach and I put him on my coach payroll instead of my salary cap? You can't do that. Yeah, you absolutely can. What if at intermission... (laughs) <laughs> a different player. <laughs> I'm going to finish my thought and then we'll move on. No, please. <laughs> okay. Please. I am begging you just to stop talking. Go ahead, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> what if intermission each a different player dressed up with the equipment? <laughs> <laughs> and then playing coach <laughs> for the period. Okay, um, so, so where, one of the questions that we had about Mike Babcock, who's not a player, he's a coach. Who could get traded, potentially. Where What does he do he now? He can't anymore. He got <laughs> fired. <laughs> Jay, still trade the rights where does, what happens to Mike Babcock now? Do teams pick him up? Do they see that he's older and he's... He didn't have success there. A lot of people don't like him. Did you see what one of the players tweeted at Mike Commodore Commodore on Twitter? Well, Mike Commodore's not happy because Mike Commodore felt that um, Babcock was a large part of the lack of success in his career. Interesting. Uh, Mike Commodore seems like a good guy. I like listening to him whenever he goes on spin chicklets. He's a pretty funny guy, too, but... Just kind of feels like a guy that's blaming the lack of success in their career on somebody else. Sure, could he have a part to do with maybe you not reaching your full potential if you feel like that? Okay, yeah, but you're gonna blame your entire career on that on a guy who's won over 700 games in a Stanley Cup and won, a couple gold medals. Yeah, like I just that just seems foolish to me. Yeah, I think he's still a very good coach. I think he's stubborn. Uh, the players weren't responding anymore. He's a hard guy to play for. I don't know. I think he has to change a little bit. But he could still coach in the National Hockey League, and I still think that um, I think he can get a good, get a job as soon as this season. Yeah. Absolutely. Right now, if I if I had to speculate, 
I would guess that the San Jose Sharks would probably fire Pete DeBoer at some point this season if this continues with them. And if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup with that core that's aging and you're losing, you lose Joe Pavelski and and you bring, you, you bring back Patrick Marlowe, but Joe Thornton and him aren't getting any younger. They're not. They're not. No, they're not aging backwards. Maybe you should. They don't have Benjamin Button's disease. So maybe you should trade them for a head coach. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was so excited to talk about this, and then I forgot I was doing the podcast with you people. <laughs> no. Um. And so what other, besides the Sharks, do the Wild change coaches? Yeah. You know, would a team like that? The Wild change coaches, I see them going with a younger guy because I think that they're at a point now where they realize that this is – who but they are. I think it's okay. weird because I, th- I don't think that they can contend anymore. They, they just don't have enough. Right. But, like, I watch well, Dubnik like, is I past think... his prime, and Parise is past his prime, and Suter's I mean, past his prime. There's nothing you can do with those contracts. Right. You can't really rebuild, and you can't exactly go all in because you're not good enough. So they're going to have to parcel off other pieces. They've got Zuccarello for a five-year contract that they gave him a no-movement clause because they're stupid. I just don't understand where this team goes from here, and I don't think Babcock's the answer. To me, if I had to guess, the two first teams that I could think of that he would go to would either be the San Jose Sharks this season or he's going to go to the Seattle franchise next season. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if San Jose... Is Seattle going to be in San Jose's division? Yes. So would San Jose want to like poach him from them, or would they find that that's not... Um, beneficial to their long-term success. I don't think that's beneficial to the Sharks' long-term success because I don't think that they understand. It's so hard for them to predict what their future is going to be because they they do have some really nice young pieces, but the core has been largely old. See, but then if the Sharks do fire their coach and Seattle's form, do they take Pete DeBoer? I don't think Seattle would take Pete DeBoer. No. I think Pete DeBoer's cooked as a coach. Would I, they take maybe Phil Housley? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't think they would. What about Dan the Man Bilesma? No. No. Would they trade the Sabres? <laughs> So, so Jay, <laughs> in terms of so obviously we don't want to get into Seattle too much. I have a headache. The expansion draft is um, going to shake up the league. And do you think Seattle's going to have the same amount of success that no that no. Vegas did? No, the, because the teams are now that, that Vegas had is unparalleled, and we're never going to see that again. You don't think we're going to see that again ever? Ever? I think we're going to see it next year with Seattle when I, they are able to come. I don't the know. League and I think saying I think team. saying we're never going to see that again ever is. Bold. Probably a recipe for we're going to see it next year, but I don't care. Um, the reason that the, the Golden Knights had such success is because of the situation that they came into. Uh, rarely in an expansion draft do you ever have the opportunity to draft uh, a goaltender who is as legendary as Marc-Andre Fleury. Rarely do you ever have the chance to hire a coach as good as Gerard Gallant. Yeah, that's true. Um, and quite frankly, they caught lightning in a bottle once that tragic you know, situation happened in Vegas. They rallied behind it, grew as a team. Hog theory. And then they built on that success by getting better players. 
now there yeah, the, I think that um it's not unheard of that that could be paralleled cuz there I think it is. I don't think so. I think there are still some very good goaltenders that could be poached. But you're not going to get a Mark Andre Fleury. No, but you could get like Who are you going to get in the expansion draft? Mm, what goaltending situation is so impeccable in the National Hockey League that that's what you're going to get? Because um, a lot of the goaltending situations that you look at, like the starter and backup tandem is good. The backup who would be available UC Soros. is usually just UC Soros probably the best one that um, I could think of. The this hockey this the hockeynews.com is projecting Jonathan Quick, Casey DeSmith, and Colin Delia to go to the Seattle team. And Jonathan Cook, Jonathan Quick is past his prime. Yeah. See, Casey if, DeSmith is a pretty solid goaltender. If I wouldn't was, that be something? Pittsburgh loses their backup again to the expansion team. If well, he's I, not even their backup, he's in the minors. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If I was the experts in Jerry, would would the expansion team maybe look at somebody like? Uh, I don't think they would do that. What about what if I was thinking like a Carter Hutton because that Sabers would protect Ukapekalukin in at that point probably. And then well, he would be they in the league for less than two years. Oh, that's true. So yeah. he would automatically. Oh, so he would automa- so they, and then they could protect Allmark probably. I'd imagine they would at least. Why would you though? <laughs> that's true. Um, Just to have him because you, you don't because you don't want it. You don't want Hutton to to back up all you Ukapekalukin and you want two young guys. I think. Um, I think it's the way that they want to honestly do if, it at least. If I was the expansion team, I would go with. My two favorite goalies, backups. So I'd do UC Saros and Yaroslav Halak. Yaroslav Halak is old. So? He's a good goalie, but, like, He's I'm just spe- – like, like, here's the thing. My point is – What if they got one of San Jose's Jolie? What if they got one of San Jose's What if they got Aaron Dell? What if they what? got Martin Mark-Andre Jones? Fleury was old. Oh, my God. Can we have one person at once? Mark andre no, Fleury was old. What if they got Aaron Dell? Martin Jones. Mark andre Fleury was old. Jay just threw his head at me. Mark Andre Fleury is not as old as Jaroslav Halak. Mm. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I'll, I'm losing my mind. Why do I do this with you guys? Jesus. Jaroslav Halak okay. is okay. 34 years old. Mark Andre Fleury is not nearly that old. He's 32. I think he's like 32, 33. So that's pretty close. But Fleury is definitely a more youthful. Yeah, I think he's bought, he's beautiful. in better he's in better shape. Yeah. yeah, he's he's oh he's also thirty four. Ah, aha! Uh-huh. Agree to disagree. Ah, yeah. I no, wonder why I do this on, with you, wait, Jay. On, you wait, make me so frustrated. Wait, wait. Mark Andre Fleury's birthday, November twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> you can't get much later in a year than that. No, May thirteenth, nineteen eighty five. Is why do I do this with and, you? And something interesting that they something interesting that they mentioned in the documentary about Corey Connor that I watched last night. As the year goes on, you have less of a chance of making it to the NHL. Like guys who are born in January make it at the highest rate, and guys who uh, are born in December make it at the lowest rate. Wow, that's a weird stat. It is like it literally. That's the trend. It does that. And Corey Conacher was born in December, so like Why the do you odds think are stacked against that? him. I, it mu- it must have something to do with like uh, guys being like drafted or like taken up. Yeah, like, does it have to do with draft year and then age? Like, so like eligibility? Corey, uh, so Dave Smith talked about it. Okay. Uh, Corey Conacher was 17 when he joined the Griffs hockey team mm. and everyone else was like 23, 24, 25. But so, yeah, because a lot of So like he, he, he's the only 17, Dave Smith said he's the only 17 year old he's ever had play for him. Jeez. But that's because his birthday was in December. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's just a weird yeah, step. It's, it's really crazy. But so, um, 
But so, yeah, Mike Babcock got fired. Can we talk about that now? (laughs) We have been talking about it. Barely. No, we were literally just talking. We had a 20-minute conversation about trading head coaches. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Because you're an idiot. (laughs) I have to go. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Okay. So, Mike Babcock's contract, that's a lot. They're eating a lot of money there. Would you, do you want to make a prediction? Do you want to predict him going to the what, – what, what do you think the odds are better for, Jay? Expansion team or current NHL team? Or nothing? Current NHL team because there's more current NHL teams than expansion teams. That you can't argue with the You can't argue with the, <laughs> argue with the facts. <laughs> so uh, odds would probably point to that. I'm going to say something real quick okay. about this firing. Yeah. Right. I'm out. The Stanley Cup champion this year will come from the Atlantic Division. Boston could do it. Tampa couldn't do it. It's going to be Boston. And I think Toronto could do it now. It's going to be Boston. The trend of firing head coaches in the National Hockey League. I want you to think about this, Vinny. Okay? I'm thinking about it. Last year, who won the Stanley Cup? The St. Louis Blues. Who was their head coach? It's Craig Berube. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's their head coach to start the season? Not Craig Berube. Yes. In 2018, when the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup, it was the last year of Barry Trott's co- contract. And because it was his last year, they decided not to fire him. They wanted to just go through the regular season. But it was largely well-known that at the end of the year, no matter what, that they were going to let him go so they could have Todd Reuter be the head coach. That team won a Stanley Cup. Back-to-back Stanley Cup championships with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who was the head coach? It was Mike Sullivan. Who was the head coach at the beginning of the first season when they won back-to-back? Daniel. Bile. No. No. It was Mike Johnston. Oh. In 2012. Who did they? So, I got to see this real quick. Uh Speaking of Flurry, real quick, did you see that unreal save he made against Toronto? You saw that, right? Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> um, let's see. <clears throat> this is some bad radio here. I can't yes, remember it really this is. guy's name. Da, 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 Do you da. remember? Who the head coach of the LA Kings was in 2012 before Dale Sutter? Um, no, I don't. I am upset with my son. Rogatine Vichon? Terry Murray. Terry oh. Murray. <laughs> so, in 2011, the LA Kings fired Terry Murray and hired Dale Sutter. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They won the Stanley Cup that year, and then two years after that. Yeah, they did. 2012, 2014. In 2009, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Why can't I think of this guy's name? I can't think of anybody's name right now. That's better than me. I had no idea who you were talking about. Oh, it was uh, Michael Therrien. Was the head coach of the Penguins. Took him to the finals in 2008. Midway through the 2009 season. 
the team was underachieving. They fired him. And they hired Dan Bilesman <coughs> to take over. Yeah. And then they, and won, then they won a Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup yeah. So I'm looking at um, coaches being fired or turmoil in the front office with the head coach. Yeah. I'm looking at the Capitals winning a Stanley Cup. I'm looking at the Blues winning a Stanley Cup. I'm looking at the Penguins winning three Stanley Cups. I'm looking at the Kings winning two. The only team to win a Stanley Cup in the last decade, according to what I'm talking about, that didn't fire their head coach was the Blackhawks who won it three times. And their head coach, Joel Quenville, is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Who is an absolute outlier. So the trend of turmoil when it Wouldn't, comes to head did the, coaches... Don't, don't the Bruins in 2011 apply too, to that? No. They don't. So they're, they a, don't. they're an outlier. No, they they're an outlier. Okay. They're an outlier too. Because... What I'm looking at is the trend in the National Hockey League. We've seen two teams in the, in the decade that have won Stanley Cups without having to fire their coach. Well, three if you count the Capitals, which you should because they didn't fire their coach. But he was gone after the season. Right, okay. And it was well believed that he was going to be gone anyways. It's that when a coach is talking, when he's majorly on the hot seat, or when they finally get fired, teams start to turn it around when things are simplified, when they have a new voice. I don't think the Leafs are one of the top teams in the NHL because they've paid so many high-power forwards. Their defense has been largely atrocious to start the season. They've given up the first goal in 18 out of 23 games. Am I dumb to think this team that is nine, ten, and four right now, after firing their coach, could win the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. They have the talent to do it. Part of the big thing though is they have to get better play from Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry has probably been the biggest disappointment in the NHL this season. Besides maybe Rasmus Dahlin. What I'm talking about is acquisition. Though. Oh, Aqua is just the, okay. As yeah, far as that. like trades, though, like, like yeah. and, and here's the thing: you get the sophomore slump. The kid's 19 years old. We 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 can. But I mean, be patient dude, he's played so bad. I mean, he looks he's lost. Got a, he's got a new coach. I think I'm gonna hold out hope for a guy who's as talented as Rasmus Dahlin. But when we look at a professional guy who's done it for several years like Tyson Berry and has been as good as he has been. He has been a major disappointment for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So much so that arguably the best right-hand shot defender on the Leafs so far this season has been Cody Ceci. Cody Ceci is not very good defensively. He, he turns the puck over a lot. Uh... Their de- the left side of their defense is solid. Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, and I like Travis Dermott. I think Travis Dermott's a pretty good offensive. Their window is incredibly small because of Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas was a nice guy. Yeah, that's guy. true. Thank you for taking a picture with me, Kyle Dubas, or Kyle Duba, whatever your name is. <laughs> Very nice guy. Kyle Dubas has done a terrible job with their cap situation. 
Mm-hmm. The second that he caved and signed William Nylander to the cap hit that he signed him to, that was just a death sentence to the Toronto Maple Leafs because it showed that you can walk all over him. And I understand that when you have the chance to get a John Tavares, you take it. Yeah, I think absolutely. Not to. Yeah. But that, that signing and then doing that with William Nylander and then just giving up the money to Austin Matthews, and I understand that you want to keep Austin Matthews around, and then doing the same thing for Mitch Marner. They have screwed themselves in a salary cap league to where they almost literally can't do anything. And all the moves they made in the offseason, retooling to make their team better and to go all in this one year where they start off 9-10-4, if they wanted to make any trades right now, the money almost has to match in order for them to be able to do so. By the way, Tyson Berry's up at the end of the year. Jake Muzzin's up at the end of the year. You got to keep one of those two defensemen around or else you're screwed for next year because then your next two your best two defensemen next year would be Travis Dermott and Morgan Riley now Morgan Riley's awesome yeah Morgan Riley's good I like Travis Dermott I don't like him on a first pairing so as much as I yeah, think yeah it seems that like a recipe for disaster almost. it is I think that Babcock deserves so, he deserves about 35% of the blame, I think. Because he, as good of a coach as he is, he's stubborn, he's not great with dealing with personalities, and I don't think he's done a great job trying to adjust to this game, the new speed of the NHL. Will Mike Babcock win you a lot of games still as a head coach in the National Hockey League? Yes, he will. But it's three years in Toronto, the first year they missed the playoffs, but that was largely expected because they were tanking. And they got Austin Matthews. He took him to the playoffs the last three years. Now, the first year, you don't have any expectations with it. You're facing the Capitals. They played him to six. It was a really good series. That is pretty good, yeah. The last two series against Boston really did him in at his time in Toronto. I think he deserves about 35% of the blame. Who's this again now, just to be sure? Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock deserves 35% of the blame for their lack of success especially as the Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. Just overall. So, like, yes. he deserves 35% of the overall blame for their Leafs' lack of success. Yes. Largely due to their fact that they cannot beat the Boston Bruins in the playoffs in the first round. Here's the thing, though. That that narrative has been created just because they had the one previous series. So they faced them three times in right. these last ten years. Yeah. The other one was just a Remember, that time that the... The Maple Leafs made the playoffs against the Bruins in 2013. Mm-hmm. It was a lockout-shortened season Yeah, where they got off to a hot start. Yeah. That team is generally not a playoff team. That's why right. all the right. years prior and the year a- years after that, they didn't make the playoffs. But it was a 48-game season. They got off to a great start, stumbled their way into the playoffs, and then lost to a Boston Bruins team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. The last two years, though, the, the Maple Leafs had more than enough talent to take down the Boston Bruins, and they didn't do it. They had two Game 7s. I understand winning a Game 7 in Boston is hard, but the St. Louis Blues had no problem doing it. Now, I understand that the St. Louis Blues are Stanley Cup champions, and the Toronto Maple Leafs still haven't won a playoff series since 2004, 
But you had two times to do it. One of the games, you had a lead and you blew it. And the other game, you just flat out sucked for 60 minutes. I think he deserves 35% of blame. I'm going to throw 35% of the blame on Kyle Dubas as well. Wow. Because of the tough situation that he put Mike Babcock in with some of the players and the contracts and the lack of flexibility that he gave the roster. And then I'm going to throw the last 30% on the players. I like Brian. Do you ever listen to Brian Burke? No, I can't say I do. He said this the other day, and I absolutely agree with it. Some of the greatest coaches of all times are great motivators. It's a really, really good thing to have as a coach. That's you very need valuable, to yeah. be able to hype players up for for big games. Brian Burke says that, yes, that is important for big games. Mike Babcock, it is not his job to pump you up for regular season game in the middle of October when you're already being paid $10 million. He said, if you're being made, paid $10 million, wake yourself up and get in the game. And too often this season, we saw the Maple Leafs struggle to do that. As I said, they gave up the first goal of the game in 18 of 23 games. How can you not get ready for a game if you're being paid that much money? And you're putting on that legendary Maple Leaf sweater. Is it still as legendary when you get a chance to wear it every day, though? It still is legendary for a lot of these players. Ask John Tavares. Yeah, but you know how long has he played for the Leafs? You know, like for a guy that's been there for, you know, or like a guy that you know grew up. Ask Mitch Marner. Yeah. Mitch Marner grew up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Well, so how many? John Tavares. Yeah, so they did, but who? You know, the guys that didn't. Maybe they grew up not rooting for the Maple Leafs. I mean, I didn't grow up rooting for the Maple Leafs. I've never rooted for the Maple Leafs. Right. But it would be pretty pretty special if I was a hockey player to put on that jersey. Yeah. So Just you, as special as it would be to put on a Red Wings jersey or put on a Canadiens jersey. Right. So you put on one of those jerseys. Classic, you know, original six team. And then you play there for a little while. And you're losing. It's like, okay, it's great and all. But it's not good hockey that we're playing. I mean, so fix it. So, I mean, but as you you are one one piece of to a puzzle a that puzzle. has thirty variables. Yes. I mean, you know, sixty even. I mean, if you count the other team. Yeah. On any given day of the week, and you play a hockey game, you have to deal with, say, fifty nine other variables to contribute to the success of your team. You're counting on the general manager. You're counting on the president. You're counting on the coach, the assistant coach, both goalies in practice to prepare you. You're counting on your two line mates, which are very important. Unless you're a defenseman, then you have one defensive pair guy. You're counting on three other lines, three other deep pairs, maybe an extra defenseman, maybe an extra forward. You're counting on the other team to not play absolutely out of their minds every day. You're counting on their goalie to let up a couple goals. You're counting on your goalie to stop a couple. You're counting on four referees to make the right calls and not blow the game. You're counting on the fans a little bit as well. You're counting on your own personal life situation. You're counting on your spouse. You're counting on your your significant other. You're counting on your friends. You're counting on if you have kids, you got health issues, 
I mean, there's so many variables that if your team, if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf, you show up to practice on any given day with Mike Babcock, who maybe you don't like so much, and you're put on the sweater, and eventually it just becomes like you're putting on a normal, you know, it's just a hockey. Eventually, I think it probably becomes just another, you know, you're just going to work. And I think that's a lot of the mindset the hockey players have is, you know, they go to work every day and they love, you know, they might love their job, but they go to work every day to play hockey, regardless of who it's for. And I think that they only can control so much. Now with Babcock yeah, gone, yeah. I think it'll change a little bit. And it will. If they, but the Maple Leafs don't have a, 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 a six, like they're not successful right now. They haven't been for years. Yeah. So... Now, granted, you know, I, I guess like a Sabres fan, would a Sabres fan be a little happier to be a Leafs fan? Yeah, at least they made the playoffs the past couple of years. But still, I mean, it's not it's not really like, you know, you get you're a guy who gets traded to to Pittsburgh, you know, after they win two Stanley Cups in a row and you go, "I'm autom- we're automatically going to contend." You know, you, you don't I don't think you 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 feel that when you go to the Maple Leafs. But does that matter? It, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm the mindset. To what you're saying, and I'm not trying to to cut you off or or just have things go one ear and not the other. But it goes exactly back to my point of you are making ten million dollars to be Mitch Marner. Be Mitch Marner. Why can't you get out of bed? And just go to work. That's well. That's a great question. I mean, you say the th- same thing. I mean, that's what everybody in Buffalo says about Jack Eichel. You're paying ten million dollars. You should score four goals every game. Like, no, that's not how hockey works. But that's, that's not how the, the, every any given person on any given day is going to go to work, and maybe they're going to have a bad day every once in a while. Yeah. That, I mean, you happens, have you all the way down from the 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 prime minister of. Canada to the President of the United States down to the guy that collects the garbage in the morning or the librarian or the teacher. Students, you go to school some days and you have a bad day. You're just not... Everybody is bound to have a bad day at work on occasion. I mean, that's it just happens. Right. So hockey players do the same thing. Yeah. But I think, like... That's at, understandable. You know, I don't think you wake... I feel like, you know, I don't wake up every day and I go, you know what? I'm, I can't wait to go to work and make... Like, well, my paycheck at the end of this week is going to be pretty – I got a lot of hours. I'm going to make a lot of money. Like, I don't think that even as a hockey player, that's not what you wake up and you don't go to the rink like, let's go make this $10 million. Like, you don't – I don't think not, you think like that. That's not my point, though. I don't, I don't think that they're waking up saying, yeah, $10 million. My point is you're being paid $10 million. Get up and get excited for the game right. and don't allow 18 – don't allow the first goal in 18 of your 23 yeah. games. That's not a blip. That's a trend. That's a trend. Mm-hmm. I understand that Mike Babcock is yeah. a major part of that. Right. But we would be remiss if we didn't include that the players have sucked. Yeah. And that That's they're true. a big part of that. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. I just – I don't remember how what I, my original point was. Like I really was – I was going to make a point. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I feel like I was like flowing well and I was going to get somewhere with it. And now I just don't even remember. <laughs> Because that's one of my arguments. Like, you're getting paid to play. Well, that's, that's you know, like, this goes back. To, I say this all the time. And I feel like the argument I just made was hypocritical to my own argument because I say it all the time, especially watching football and hockey. Like, you are getting paid millions of dollars to do your job and go out and it do it. It completely goes against it. I This is completely. You just jumped to my side. Right. I did. Because you, like, is, is that such a bad thing? I realized you made a good point. 
I, I admit fault. I admit fault. But yeah, you're getting paid a lot of money to go do your job. I'm getting paid not nearly as much money to go do my job. Yeah, you're going to have bad days occasionally, but... And I agree with but, that. I, yeah, I think you that gotta have your a, point was put not like, oh, they wake up in the morning and say, you know, $10 million. Right. So that, that may have been just a, a lack of communication on my part. But, and, and yeah, you're going to have bad days. That's why I include that stat was because that this right. isn't like the, the Maple yeah, Leafs have is, had some bad starts. Yeah, and, yeah like oh, five games in a row they've allowed games. the first goal or something. They've played a lousy yeah. They played, yeah. and I think that the the ultimate. Tur- I know that they fired him after the Vegas game. The true turning point for this team was going on the road with a rookie goaltender making his first NHL start after you just waved Michael Hutchison. You're facing the Penguins, who are without Sidney Crosby, who's arguably the best player in the world. Chris Letang, who's one of the better defensemen in the game, Patrick Hornquist who just, you know, eats through everything to get to the front of the net. They were without those three incredibly important players. And the Penguins walked all over the Leafs for 60 minutes. It created two things. One, momentum for Mike Babcock to be fired. And two, the funniest meme of all time, of the guy who was taking a picture with his sister. <laughs> that was awesome. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Do you feel bad for him or for her? It was kind of funny when I found out that they were related. That well, that's that's yeah, that that's, makes so it like, a lot I, easier. I, I felt bad for the kid. I felt bad for the I felt bad for the guy. Yeah. Because my sister's done that to me before. Like I like. Yeah, so I take a picture like, of the yeah, game. Yeah. And he, he was just like, if he was nice, you know, just take the picture that he was just. <laughs> like I feel bad for both of them because they are Leafs fans, but in all seriousness, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. It was pretty hysterical. But it just, yeah, it just, I just don't understand. Right now, I'm at like nine, ten, and four is their record. Okay, do you know what the Columbus Blue Jackets record is? Eight, eight, and four. Is that a good, good record? Not, it's not good. It's not good. But then you remembered they lost Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. Now, I don't consider Mantushin and Ryan Dezingle losses because they were never really a part of the team. But, God, don't you – you got to think that the Columbus Blue Jackets would love to have those guys on their team right now. Right. That team with who, who's lost just about everything. They lost one of the best goaltenders in the world. They have got two inexperienced guys in net. Their best forward is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I love but is now in a number one center role who has to be like the leader of the offense, and he is just still growing as a player himself. That team with that roster is 8-8-4 eight, eight, and four because they are getting incredible coaching from John Tortorella, and the players wake up every day and get ready for every game. Now, sure, do they have their off days? Of course they do. And, of course, there's going to be games where they're outmatched because the other team has more talent. But that team is still a pain in the neck to play against because they fight and love their coach. And to it me, does help that they have a great coach. That is the biggest difference right now in terms of the National Hockey League between where Mike Babcock started and John Tortorella started. They're very similar as coaches. Very similar. Yeah, they're very Both authoritarian. Both the fact that they've won 
a lot of games. They've both only won one Stanley Cup. The biggest difference, though, is John Tortorella from his time in Tampa until the end of the one season he had in Vancouver, compared to what we've seen from Mike Babcock, they're the same person. When John Tortorella went to the Columbus Blue Jackets, he changed. He's not as stubborn. He's not as hard to play for. Look, he's still hard to play for at times. He's still stubborn at times. But he's continually getting better, and he focuses on himself growing as he a is, coach. He is rather growing than just as a coach. That's why he team. implemented that whole, like, no morning skate before games. Yes. Like, that's a team, like, that's morale a, yeah. type thing, you know? It is. And, and, there, and he incorporates the, hey, we're not going to practice tomorrow after a really good game. You deserve the day off kind yeah. of a mentality. Yeah. He has grown as a coach, and that's why I believe after, you know, I don't know how much longer he has with the Blue Jackets. I don't think he's going to be fired this year. They lost a lot of talent, and we don't know where they're going. I don't know how much longer he has in Columbus, but if if he's gone within, like, the next three years, let's say, I think he gets another job in the National Hockey League. I would, I would say so. goes to another team, that might be his last stop in the NHL if he doesn't change. I think, well, how old is he in comparison? I mean... He's neither of them are young. You are who you're looking at. Mike Babcock's fifty six. Mike Babcock is fifty six. John Tortorella is sixty one. Babcock looks older. He does. <laughs> he really does. I'm I was shocked. expecting him to be like sixty eight. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like seventy. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Well, it, it, that speaks to it. John Tortorella is aging better than Mike Babcock. That's another thing. Yeah, just shows who he is as a guy, I guess. Yamir Yager and Mike Babcock are almost the same age. What? Yamir Yager's only like eight years younger than Babcock. That's wild. Yeah. I think we can wrap this up now. Yeah, I think we can. I'm starting to get tired, which means I gotta go refill my water bottle so we can go and talk about college hockey. Yeah. Before we, did you see the video? I I know this is not an NHL related thing. Did you see the video, of Quentin Nelson? And one of the funniest things ever. The the keg stand, hysterical. Oh no! I, well, yes, that was cool. But I'm talking about the video of him blocking. He was the left. He was the left side offensive guard, and he crossed all the way over into the right side of the backfield to block somebody that came on blocked off the right side. Did you see that video? I did not. Here, look at it right now. It's unreal. Absolutely filthy. This guy is a is a monster. Here, look he at this. He's a monster. He he just kills people. Oh, look at that. I mean, that's an amazing read. Is that Miles Jack? I don't know, dude. 44, Number 44, yeah, that's, that's Miles, Miles, that's Miles Jack. Jack. He just lit. Oh, my god. I mean, for those of you who don't know, go on the check down on Twitter and watch the video that says Quentin Nelson's speed and vision are off the charts. Holy cow. This dude's unreal. Yeah, he's fast. Look at how fast he just came over from the left well, side. He comes, he's, he, his movement... He took like three shuffle steps to the left, watched that he didn't have anybody to block, and then he saw the guy coming unblocked off the right side, and Brissett was going to get lit up by him, and he kept the play alive. I don't know how that play ended finishing up, if it was a completion or if Brissett ran for or checked it down or whatever. All we know is he didn't get absolutely decked by he didn't one of the get, most feared yeah. linebackers in the NFL in yeah. Jack. Yeah. Quinn Nelson is so good. All right. We're going to finish up with some uh, uh, just some stat uh, – 
Uh, can I say oh, uh, yeah, anymore? Where's, uh, where's Ovechkin at? As far as That's I was going to say. Uh, Patrice Bergeron probably going to return to the lineup tonight against the Sabres. So we he's can definitely put, not winning MVP. We can put him back on the MVP watch. He missed, he missed time. He's not winning MVP. Yeah. Um, all right. So the points leaders right now. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl stays at the top with 44 points in 23 games. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Can you say that again? 44 points in 23 games. 23 games. That's almost two points per game. Whose fantasy team is he on? Jay's fantasy team. Yeah. Ne- second in points in the NHL, 43 points in 23 games. Just one less point, so he's obviously not nearly as good. Connor McDavid, who's, yeah, he's on Jay's fantasy team. Yeah. John Carlson is the defenseman. He's got 36 points in 24 games. Whose fantasy team is he on? He's on mine. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Marchand, 35 points in 21 games. Whose fantasy team is he on? Yours? I'm pretty sure he's on too. Oh, he's, no, he's on mine. He's on is mine. He? Brad Marchand is? Yeah. Wow. So I'm just a wagon. All right. You are. I mean, these guys are, are carrying your season. Who else is up there? Um, we also have uh, Dave Pasternak. 34 points in 21 games. I don't have him. He's uh, he's on my team. I have him. Nate McKinnon, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Huberto, Austin Matthews, and Alexander Barkov. Nate McKinnon and Austin Matthews? Top 10. Yep. Yeah, they're on my team. Um, I think. I don't have any of those guys. I don't think. Or maybe I do. I don't think I have. I don't know. I don't... Uh, I definitely don't have. Uh, I don't think I have Huber though. Does anybody? Probably, I'd imagine so. I just looked today while we were doing the podcast to see if I could pick anybody up that was good. Oh no, I have Huber though. My my mistake. Um, <laughs> I also have. I also do have Patrick Kane. Um, I do not have Matthews, and I do not have. Yeah, I have Matthews. Yeah, and you I have. have you have Matthews. And I do not have Barkov. I think, I think Duke has Barkov. Huge, gigantic. Wait, I don't have. I don't. I don't have. Uh, oh no, I think Duke has Carl John Carlson. I thought I had him, but I guess I don't. I'm making a move right now. I just I made a move earlier already today. Um, okay, so that's the points leaders in the NHL. Um, the goal leaders, Dave Pasternak has 19, Dreisaitl has 16, Connor McDavid has 15, Ovechkin has 15 goals. Um, so we can do a little bit more math real quick here to figure out how we are doing on the Ovechkin 42 goal tracker. I'm dropping Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat, Thomas Shabbat. Divided by 24. And I am picking up Kale McCarr. 82. So Ovi right now is on pace. If he plays all 82 games, he's on pace for 51.25 goals. So I believe he was at like 52 something last week, or 53. He's on. He's on pace for 51.25 goals. It's about 10 more than 42. Yeah, it is about 10 more than 42. But I think the more important thing is: is he going to get to 50 goals again? Which I think maybe not. I have a feeling he'll end with like 48 or something like that. He's getting up a 49 and a half. A 49 and a half goal season. Um, 
but regardless, he's like super good at hockey, so it doesn't matter. Uh, you think he's a first, he's got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, oh right? God, are you kidding? Absolutely. He's like a zeroth ballot Hall of Famer. So I'm interested to see if Derek Jeter is unanimous or not. No. You don't think Derek Jeter is unanimous to the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, I think, is just usually they try and make sure, like, they, they want to have Derek Jeter in. He's definitely a first ballot. Oh, absolutely. But he's not, I don't think he's a unanimous guy. You think, so you think that, Mariano Rivera should be still be the only unanimous yes, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, fair I enough. I think what they're gonna do is like, how, how, do you know how many voters they have for? It? I don't know. Okay, let's just pretend for sake of argument that there's twenty. Right. Nineteen of them will say that he's a Hall of Famer. I don't understand how you can say he isn't though. You can't, but you just can't have him be unanimous. Uh, easy enough. So they just like talk to like, hey, can you just not vote for him? Yes. Okay. That's what that's what's gonna happen. Okay. Right easy enough. I I would be like, he he's a f- first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, but like, his stats and his career, most of it has to do with the fact that he was a Yankee. You know what I mean? That's fair. If he did what he did with the Twins, it would be incredibly impressive. He'd still be a Hall of Famer, but like, we wouldn't look at him this light. That makes sense. That's why I don't think he's a first. Like, like, that's why I don't think he's unanimous. That makes sense. That does make sense. Plus, minus leader John Gabriel Peugeot from Ottawa. That's yeah, dude. He's having there. a monster yeah, year. Having a great. He's year. gonna get paid this offseason. Good for him. Leon Drysaddle leads in assists. McDavid and him are tied at twenty-eight. As is John Carlson from the Capitals. Marshawn Barkov, Kachur McKinnon, Huberto, McCar, Kel McCarr. Dude, what a guy. Yeah, I just picked him up in fantasy. I was thinking about it. I would, but I picked up Drew Doughty instead. Why? Because he's averaging more points per game, fantasy game, more points per fantasy game. He's averaging like 2.9, and Cal uh, McCarr is like 2.4. Um, goaltending leaders, goals against average. Darcy Kemper is still leading the league, 1.85 goals against average. Thomas Grice, Tuka Rask, Ben Bishop, and Anton Kudobin lead the top five. Save percentage, Thomas Grice has the highest. Darcy Kemper is second. Robin Leonard's third. Connor Hallibuck is fourth. Tuka Rask is Fifth, Anders Nielsen. Anders Nielsen is up there. Really good. Like really, really. He good. was on the Sabres for a little while. Miko Koskinen has not been that bad. That's huge for the Oilers. Wins. Mark Andre Fleury still has eleven. He's tied with Holpe. Bennington, Hellebuck, Mrazek, and Price are tied with ten. Um, shutouts. Fleury has two, as well as Mrazek, Kemper, Rask, Riddich, Rene, and Carter Hutton. They all have two, two shutouts. Remember when Carter Hutton was like the best goalie in the league for like two games? Um, he was the best goalie in the NHL a couple of years ago. Wait, in St. Louis. That's true. That is true. Like statistically. Um, in terms of wild card, Washington Islanders and Carolina lead the Metropolitan Division. Boston, Florida, and Montreal lead the Atlantic. The wild card race: Pittsburgh, Philly, and Buffalo are the top three teams um, in the hunt for that. Pittsburgh has twenty five points. Philadelphia has twenty four, and the Sabers have twenty three. Toronto twenty two. Detroit still struggling. They have 17. Um, tough year for them. Western Conference, St. Louis back up at the top. They have 31 points. Colorado and Winnipeg in playoff spots as well. That's huge for Winnipeg because their defensemen are terrible. Whew. Edmonton also has 31 points. And one more game played than the Blues. Arizona's in second in the Pacific, and Vegas is in third. Dallas and Vancouver are the two wild card spots right now. They've both played 22 games. Calgary has one less point than Vancouver. They've played 24 games, though. 
Um, Chicago and Anaheim are also right up in there as well. The LA Kings also only have 17 points in 21 games played to round out the bottom of that conference. And, of course, the Seattle expansion team has zero wins and zero losses. So they haven't lost yet. They have not lost yet. Good for them. We can stop talking about everything besides hockey now. Make sure to trade your coach um, before you, we come back in two weeks. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, eat a lot of pie. Pie is good. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been the Over the Boards podcast for Matt Duke, who had to duck out about like 40 minutes ago, and then we just kept talking for a really long time. Oh, it um, was nice. It was. Um, J- for Jay Ashdown, my name is Vinny Cristiano. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you in two weeks.